Okay, good friends. Thank you so much for your um, for your practice for um, creating this uh, space of uh, exploration. Uh, yeah, I haven't found something more powerful than uh, than this in in my life you know in, in terms of uh, transformation understanding um, and so I don't know where you stand at this point you know doing this it might be uh, in, in a different mind state like I have no idea why we are doing this <laughs> <laughs> and so you know the the range of uh, mind states and the uh, Kind of perceptions and views is is wide open, you know. It's uh, it's uh, and we don't exactly get to choose. Huh? Like otherwise, we would all say like, okay, let's you know view this like he does right now, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, why am I saying this? I'm not actually sure. Just um, expressing my. Um, my gratitude for the existence of um, such forms, you know, and uh, and um, yeah, and uh, I think I'm really aware that this is a co- made collectively. You know, co- the collective I have in mind is is in deep time. I've talked about this, I think, on the first uh, evening. You know, like this is a collective effort that started a long time ago, you know, and is extending here now, and we're helping uh, keep that kind of uh, uh, flame, if I use this image, alive, you know, and it might be useful for others later, you know, that these forms are still, we're keeping it alive. So we're doing it for ourselves, um, for the ones around us that might not practice, you know, so we can be easier to be with. And we're doing it for um, those who will come after in the same, you know, either through this organization or this lineage or, you know, <coughs> something in relationship to uh, what we kept alive uh, here. The job of the teacher, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, in the last hour I was uh, trying to gather a few, I, you know, mainly... Uh, trying to think like what would be helpful here at this point you know for us what would be helpful so it's partly a guess partly a construction of mind you know partly maybe uh, coming from impressions from the meetings or from body language you know what I see or maybe a way that um, uh, I've been trained you know so interesting that this idea would come at this point it always come on the, on the third day you know oh, we should talk about this <laughs> so there's a conditioning uh, in there too but um, you know when a, there's always a moment I think or mostly always a moment before a talk where at some point I stop I'm like Pascal what is it that you want to convey what what is your task here what is important you know, using speech, what what is um, of great importance here, you know? And so I'm going to reveal my underlying intentions uh, here. So two things came very clearly to mind. was the job of the teacher 
uh, there's many ways to answer this, but today, let's say, the job of the teacher is to, uh, today, I'll put it this way, the job of the teacher today is to, uh, you know, convey or, yeah, convey how, what kind of attention we should bring and to what in order for wisdom to uh, be cultivated or for healing <coughs> to happen. And so these two points here, and I think they've been there the whole week from Jill and I, you know, uh, how and what to attend to. And this formulation is definitely totally based on the Satipatthana Sutta, the discourse of the Buddha, the teaching of the Buddha that is at the center of what we're doing here. So the establishment of mindfulness, what you pay attention to in order to develop wisdom and how. And these two are extremely uh, important. And that's what we've been doing since the beginning here. And that's us, uh, I mean, as teachers, but as practitioners, that's also what we're clarifying uh, in action, you know. Uh, we could imagine that there is, a, let's, uh, hypothesis, there's always a tension. There's always a tension. But is it always of great quality? Is it always attending to what would be useful to attend to? Or does it get kind of stuck, fascinated, enamored with things that are not going to be helpful, although they seem like... I keep thinking, retelling the same story, maybe it'll become a different story. <laughs> you know, or whatever we do, you know. If I resent a little bit more, I might find... If I self-hate just a little bit more, there might be freedom there. <laughs> you know, so what we attend to, what we give attention to, value to, and how we give it. And so... Uh, that's why we, what we're trying to define here in, ex in experience, huh? as we're sitting, as we're walking, as we're differing the d different things, where is the attention going? We're discovering this. Maybe that's what we're... Oh, the attention keeps going there, you know? Every time there's a moment of lack of kind of purpose or clarity, whoops, it goes right back in this area, that area, you know? And so we're, we're, we're doing this from the inside as practitioner. From the uh, outside, we could say as teacher, we're trying to name these things to orient and guide. And so uh, that's been what we've been doing since the beginning of the retreat, naming different, uh, what is mindfulness? Uh, you know, and, that, and I'm, it comes to mind Jill's yesterday, like, Honey, <laughs> what was the phrase you're like? It's not enough. <laughs> so defining, no, but it's really important to define the how, you know, like, yeah, I'm attentive. I really hate this. I know I hate this, you know. <laughs> yeah, I really hate this. I really absolutely hate this. I know that. That's gone. That's done, you know. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> you know, so that's the how, you know. How am I attentive is that. You know, that's a little superficial, habitual, yes, you're, atten you, you're attentive enough, that's usual, to know that you hate this, you know. Now, let's push it a little bit further, you know, and bring curiosity and calm and 
yeah, great interest. What is the experience of not liking, you know? Do you see, like, kind of the depth here that it takes, you know? So the how and then the, the what we attend to, you know, that's gradually very classic on a retreat. We're defining this uh, almost day by day. We bring another aspect of experience to actually really tune in with careful attention. So experience of the senses, body, huh? we name this, you know, body sitting, body sensitive, the sense door, the sense spheres, the sense windows, you know, saying, stay really close to this. We've been naming this huh? at, the, at the point of contact, at the, at the door of the sense, you know. Let, we're suggesting, oh, we could not give so much attention to the construction, so much value to the ornamentations, you know. The, the, this, but stay really there where the sound hits, where, uh, you know, the heat is felt, rather than, oh, I wonder if the summer is going to be hot, you know. <laughs> stay right there. So we've been describing things like this. Um, certainly today, this morning, um, Jill took really good care, um, really carefully uh, invited us to become aware of this experience of pleasure and displeasure and the um, particular tonality, you know, that there is in every experience of this is particularly pleasant or slightly pleasant or extremely pleasant or slightly unpleasant or, oh, can't tell, you know, like it doesn't stand out in this way, in the way of pleasure or displeasure. And she took care to, to, you know, to guide us through the different experiences of bodily sensations, of, uh, uh, sen- you know, I think you, you did taste, you did seeing, you did uh, hearing, uh, and then the mind door, you know, like a thought. Some thoughts are pleasant, others are unpleasant, some Emotions, huh? that's the mind door. Some moods are pleasant, others are unpleasant. <coughs> Can we actually tune in when usually we miss this? We just form an opinion. People shouldn't, you know, uh, staying really close. Oh, unpleasant, unpleasant. That's, that's um, the what we're attending to and how with great interest instead of being kind of uh, captured by, oh, it's so beautiful. You know, the river, I don't know, the river, the grass, the name it. (laughs) I love it. Yes, we know that way to be. You know, now can we dive in instead of being fascinated by the object of beauty? Can we dive in here and notice, wow, amazing how human being is touched by beauty, you know, something, I don't know, trembles or, you know, vibrates or resonates with uh, pleasantness, really, or with unpleasantness, it shivers or, I don't know all these words in English, there's so many good ones. And so we learn to actually come here and feel the experience instead of being fascinated outwardly, you know. What's the experience here? You know? And the what to attend to, Jill again, 
very skillfully. Um, that's yesterday, I believe, or last month. <laughs> <laughs> Time and mindfulness, you know, is, we see it, the perceptions like this day never will end, you know. Wow, that went so quickly, you know. And, and so um, Jill invited us to become attentive to what? To the arising and passing of events, experience, phenomena. And so that's, again, in order to develop wisdom, to stay, to have an intimate relationship with appearance and disappearance. So this is the what we attend to. So we don't attend to things because we prefer them. Like, I'm going to attend to what I prefer. Or I'm going to give all my attention to what would be better here. So we're really reorganizing the way we attend and what we attend to. Huh? Habitually, I would attend to it. would be better like this. If it was unfolding like this inside of me or between us, or it would be much better. you know. And I'll spend a lot of attention on this. And here we, we say, no. Let's, uh, let's attend to what is here rather than what should be or could be or was or will it be. And as we pay attention to it, let's be particularly um, interested in the appearance and disappearance of things. It's known, said by the wise, that it will be liberating to have a very intimate encounters, probably several encounters, ongoing encounters with the fluctuating, ephemeral, intermittent, uh, dynamic nature of anything, the things that we named here, you know. And so we've named it, maybe not, um, maybe I'll name it again today in a different way or in, uh, emphasize this, but uh, so an aspect of experience uh, that we want to pay close attention to, uh, as you know, yeah, by now I think you know this, is the mind states. We want to pay attention to mind states, moods, emotions, qualities of mind. I put all this in the same kind of chapter rubric. Yeah, That kind of event. So we want to become really intimate with this. And how, not in a habitual way, being uh, swayed by believing in, adhering, is that adoring, adhering uh, to mind states, but being awake uh, in mind states. It just crosses my mind this morning at some point for like, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes, this mind became grumpy, kind of, Im- yeah, impatient, impatient, grumpy, kind of, yeah, bad moodish, grumpy is the word I would use. And, um, you know, first I was, um, for a, f- a few, a couple of minutes, I think I was caught in it. You know, like, like, ah, oh, people, and you know. And then suddenly I realized, oh, grumpy. 
And then there was not mindfulness yet. It was just I was aware, slightly aware, you know. And then it was more like, where, where does this come from? Who did what to put me in this mood? <laughs> right? Where did it start? Like, who, who's to blame here? Like, it certainly started with somebody, you know, <laughs> doing something, you know, and then, you know, and uh, and then that so that lasted a few seconds, you know, and then suddenly I was like, oh, hold on, I remember, you know. After 20 years of practice, <laughs> there is a way to attend to this, <laughs> you know? And suddenly there was like, oh, grumpy. Interest kicked in. Non-judgment, none, uh, not swayed by, but uh, interested in this phenomena. Oh, what a chance. Grumpy. Grumpy. And then I was there. Wow, grumpy, hold on. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, I can feel it partly here in terms of its symptoms of, uh, in the body, the presence in the body. There was a grumpiness here. It was almost like I would say kind of a skin or just under the skin, but not kind of deep. But, uh, you know, when you... I don't know if we... Is it in French or in English? When you, you know, we have a kind of a skin reaction to... You know, so, so it felt like this. It was like, oh yeah, it's very kind of sur- like surfacey, you know, and then gutsy, you know, and and there was also a kind of a, almost on an energetic level. I'm trying to put words on this. It's really hard, you know, or it's maybe not exact, you know. The w- words are not important. What's important is the the interest in, you know? But there was a thing a little bit like this, like, almost like if I had horns, you know? I was like, come <laughs> come at me, you know? And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I'm like, w- waiting for the affront. Is that, would that be a word? Like, somebody to come and say something, and, and I would answer, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you know, look at, look at this energy. It's like, I'm, I'm a little, you know, some kind of little, not bull, but more like, shh. What is a sheep with horns? You know? Yeah, goat. I'm a goat. <laughs> you know, when you see goats, you put your hand here, and they go. You know, they like going like this. They like to relate like this. You know, and so and so. And do you see what was cultivated in that? To me, you know, it makes us laugh. But it's also an amazing revolution of mine. I'm forever grateful for this because unknowingly, unconsciously, not being lucid, I could have developed a whole vision about people, retreatants, you. (laughs) You know? And I don't know, it could have gone into schedule... Or, you know, whatever, it could have latched on a- anything, you know. But then it was recognized, and then there was uh, humor about it, interest. Um, I don't know if I applied compassion, because it was not, like, kind of overwhelming that I could say, oh, poor Pascal, you're all overwhelmed by... But it was more like uh, it was that kind of attitude was not needed. But in that moment, I could see, and, and I was right there. I was grateful. I was like, I can't believe the luck... I have, you know, to know these tools. Because many people don't know these tools. Many of us often don't know these tools, you know. <laughs> We're actually developing these tools. So in that moment, there was, uh, 
Yeah, what was cultivated was curiosity, harmless for self and others, uh, maybe playfulness because it was possible. We were not in the range of, you know, uh, afflictive or overwhelmed, any of, of this, you know. But that was still, it was the practice, and it avoided uh, further suffering for self and certainly for others, you know. And, uh, and so that's one way to describe like the uh, attention we're invited to bring to moods uh, and emotions and states of mind. Um, and I wanted to go in the, in the Satipatthana Sutta and look at this uh, together at what's uh, said around uh, that foundation of mindfulness. The first foundation is body, body as it breathes, body as it, uh, so what to attend to body as it breathes, as it's standing in different posture and its activities while eating, while doing the mindful movement. So what to attend to the body as it's um, sensing stuff, you know. Um, what to attend to second foundation. First is body. Second foundation is the feeling tone. Pay particular attention to pleasure when it arises, pleasure when it's absent, pleasure, uh, displeasure when it arises, when it's present, when it's absent. Neither pleasure nor displeasure. Really powerful to do this. So that's the second kind of area of uh, attention the Buddha invites us to become aware of. And the third one, very classic, qualities of mind. So here is what the Buddha apparently said when he published his book. (laughs) (laughs) And how um, practitioners does the practitioner in regard to the mind abide contemplating the mind? Or you could think mind states, qualities of mind. Here, the practitioner knows a lustful mind to be lustful, a mind without lust to be without lust. They know an angry mind to be angry, and a mind without anger to be without anger. The practitioner knows a deluded mind to be deluded, and a mind without delusion to be without delusion. She knows a contracted mind to be contracted and a distracted mind to be distracted. She knows a great mind to be a great, to be great, and a narrow mind to be narrow. He knows a surpassable mind to be surpassable and an unsurpassable mind to be unsurpassable. The practitioner knows a concentrated mind to be concentrated and an unconcentrated mind to be unconcentrated. They know a liberated mind to be liberated and an unliberated mind to be unliberated. And here I'll add a little bit. Do you see the simplicity of this? So incredibly simple. What are the ornaments on this? I'm always like this, I've always been like this, I will always be like this, it's the fault of this one, it's the, you know, if this didn't happen, and, and, you know, no ornaments. 
is just concentrated, distracted. I, the simplicity of this is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I won't read the whole refrain, but this refrain is the how, and it's partly of the how, and this refrain, we call it the refrain because it's there with postures. It's the refrain that is there with uh, breath. It's the how that is there with uh, 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 sense experience. It's the same how that is there with pleasure. It's the same how that is how to be mindful, how to be attentive uh, with displeasure, with neutrality. So it finds its way in all the different aspects. And so here with the mind, it says... um, Maybe we'll read the corrected version. <laughs> no, no. It's because uh, I, I want it to be apply- applicable here. And so I, I look for, you know, the simpler version that contains everything. It's exact word, but I, I dropped, you know, some of the length of it. So about mind states this time, but it could apply to breath, or pleasure, or sounds, but mind states here. The practitioner abides contemplating the nature of arising and passing away in regard to mind states. So it focuses on the arising and passing away. It brings, you know, like Jill was pointing us to, notice when the grumpiness starts. Notice when it changes, you know. Um, And here, again, this refrain, it comes many, many times in this uh, teaching. Mindfulness that there is a mind state is established to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and continuous mindfulness. The practitioner abides independent not clinging to anything in the world. I wish I didn't feel this. It's very natural we understand this. Maybe it's not good the way I say it is uh, maybe judgmental. You know, it's natural that it would. But mindfulness is not that. Mindfulness is, oh, despair. Despair feels like this. Not easy, yet possible, you know. This is absolutely possible to develop a mind like this. Here we're creating the conditions to recognize this. And so, oh, easeful mind, quiet mind. Uh, Mind free, temporarily maybe, but mind freed from desiring something else for a few moments here. Ah, So recognizing just enough mindfulness to know the state and to continue knowing the state and probably its fluctuation yeah and so for me the uh, this morning was oh grumpy mind no need to blame no in this approach in another approach you know i would lay on the sofa and say when i was a child my mom used to whatever parent used to tell me I suck. 
you know, <laughs> it's very useful. It's another approach. It's good to know which approach we're developing. They can even go together. Oh my God, I can't believe I just said this. They can go together, not here. Because here we're really developing a particular tool. It's, it's a very delicate tool. And in order to mix it with something else later, we need to know it really well, you know? It's like, you're like, okay, take the scissors and the clipper at the same time and do a nice haircut here, you know? <laughs> you know, later you'll do the scissors. Now we're doing the clipper. <laughs> I just came up with the image. It might be the last time it's her. <laughs> And so here, what we're trying to develop, we're not trying to fix everything. Huh? We're not fixing, we're developing a quality that we'll be able to apply later that will be helpful for us on the long run. Yeah. And so here we're discovering, okay, so what are the words? Mindfulness that there is a mind, mindfulness that there is a body, mindfulness that there is a breath, Mindfulness that there is pleasantness right now is established to the extent necessary for bare knowledge, no ornaments. Bare knowledge, not fixing things, not bare knowledge, and continuous mindfulness. It's very precise, huh? And so... That's how, for me, it appears like, oh, this is really research we're doing. So there's like, uh, how, how, how do you use it in the world of science? There is a protocol, you know, so is that the way? You're like, there is a way, this is the, you know. And I remember talking to, um, one time I arrived at the Inside Meditation Society in um, Massachusetts, with, where there's like one of the hubs, you know, of mindfulness, of uh, uh, this lineage of insight, um, and there was a retreat, I think, was it for scientists or for, um, for neurolo neuro neurologists? So there was something like 80 of them there. And I arrived, it was like three or four days in the retreat, and I went to lunch with the, the teachers, jo Joseph and others were there, Joseph Goldstein. And, you know, I said, so how's it going, you know? And they were all like, oh, we love it. We love working with, um, with scientists because you give them a protocol and they follow it. <laughs> and then they report on it. You know? Except like half of them are neurotic, like <laughs> all of us, you know? <laughs> so they'll, they'll take a tangent anyway. <laughs> Not to make, you know... Scientists are made special enough, I think. <laughs> but uh, I liked hearing this, you know, of the teacher. They're like, wow, that's amazing. You say, let's study exactly this. And they study exactly. They hear the instruction. They do exactly this. Then they report on this, you know. So, so it's, uh, it's very satisfying for a teacher. <laughs> and so that's why I'm trying here to de describe as best possible, using the Buddha's words is probably the best way to go about it, like what is the actual technique, if we want to use that word, you know, is to actually tune in and really notice that 
And of course, you know, like if the emotion of the mind state is really strong, like strong, strong sankara conditioning, you know, that's its function. Its function is to take us away from the protocol. You know, like let go of the protocol. I'm gonna organize reality for you. You're a piece of shit, you know. And so it's yeah, or whatever else, you know. You let's forget the protocol. You know better. You know, you do it your way, honey. You know, which is going in the woods, <laughs> enjoying the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it will be, of course it will do this, you know. And so, uh, the, you know, the, it's a dance, you know. But it's good here actually to uh, state again what we're trying to do at least, you know. Bear knowledge, you know. Bored to death, you know. Oh, bored to death feels like this, exactly like this. Can I actually stay there? And what is being developed? in that moment really wholesome qualities of mind freedom the freedom not to follow every mind state you know the capacity to be visited in this way And so in mind states, staying around this here, then this aspect, what to be attentive uh, to, uh, in this aspect of uh, experience of, uh, uh, it could be an afflictive mind state, or uh, I enjoy these days uh, reading Andrew Alensky, as I was telling you, and he's using a lot um, uh, toxic mind states which I find really interesting. It's good for the mind, you know, to encounter a different way of describing, you know, toxic mind states, you know, greed, kind of clinging, aversion, hatred, uh, dismissal of of what's happening, you know, uh, other ways we get fascinated by our thoughts, you know. Uh, He describes it as toxic, it has a a good, almost as an incentive in it to actually look you know, be really careful with the use of these mind states. You know. And so, um, so in being attentive to mind state, we could be attentive to uh, pleasant, unpleasant mind states, uh, difficult, you know, he- uh, healthy, beautiful mind states. So there's many mind states. Some, we would say, are more appear more as in qualities in the mind, you know. Calm, the texture of calm, of this calm. And remembering, oh, you know, remembering the way you can or in the way I can right now. So remembering, okay, so there's some kind of calm here. What are the instructions? Just enough mindfulness, I'm going to say it the way I remember it now. Just enough mindfulness for bare knowledge and continuous knowing. So calm. So I don't have to do anything with it, you know. Just become aware of the experience of calm. Kind of uh, seems like it's talking about the more intimate experience of calm. And I might discover <coughs> the effects on the body. Where is it located? Is it, how has it felt? It's felt maybe as spaciousness. I'm I'm putting words 
into it, but I wa- I'm interested in the felt sense, the experience. And in the physical, maybe I would think in the material way, you know, what is the experience of calling? Is it just a mental experience or is it, or annoyance, if you will, you know? Is anoy- what is annoyance? Annoyance, if it's there, annoyance. Oh, heart beating, you know, contraction, you know. Uh, in calm, because I was just talking about this, in calm there was a s- sense of s- physical space, you know, an awareness not just of the body, but almost as if, you know, the head was a little bit open, you know, like more con- transparent or open. I'm doing this, that's very personal description here, it doesn't have to feel like this for you. So, as the kind of uh, aspects of uh, spaciousness, maybe. And the taint, that's more in the, maybe the ambiance, the atmosphere, I don't know how to say it in English, in, inside the kind of tone, tonality, inwardly. It's like, oh, this particular kind of quietness or, or openness as a the slightest little joy in it. It's not like exuberant joy or anything. It's just, you know, I don't have to have the right word. You know, it's the important is the presence for it. You know, oh, it's not so discursive. It doesn't have a lot to say. It's much more listening. So I'm discovering this as I'm staying here, as in annoyance probably would have a lot more to say, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, in annoyance, there might be a kind of... I mean, sometimes I use these words because I've heard the, them a lot. I've never used them myself, maybe, but kind of churning, is that the word? <laughs> like, a, you know? Uh, okay, so it has that quality of churning. You know, annoyance. So I've become intimate with the thing. I'm not actually led by it, you know? And that's experiential investigation. I don't know if there were words I could uh, discover the tonality of the speech in there, the thoughts. Do you follow? Like the charge. I can't believe, you know? Oh, sweet. You know, different tonality, different charge in the mind. I want to be aware of this. Depending on the mind states, the, the, you know, I can see one thing that I've, I, I like becoming aware of is the capacity for nuance that shrinks with different mind states. You know. In uh, reactivity, nuances, not so much. Values of care and respect could easily fall off you know, the window. Do you see what I'm so you know, oh, it's not just angry, it's also kind of me and cruel, you know, it actually doesn't want to allow something that would include the beautiful side of the other, you know, or a wish for well being for the other. Like no, it's not in the field. I can see the mind doesn't want to allow you know, yeah, but they also said that. You know, they said that I was a little harsh, but they also apologized after. No, they said that. <laughs> you know, so dishonest, maybe. The mind become might become dishonest. And 
in interest we might discover this. Oh, look at this. It's actually as, uh, you know, in French we would say de mauvaise foi. Like it's it's uh, as ill will is that like bad bad faith? It's 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 actually meaning to make it worst, you know. Oh, so if it's there in that moment, I actually want to see how the mind behaves. I just, just don't want to be fused with the thoughts, you know. Believe in them, and so there's a lot of, you know. I I don't want to analyze. I just want to be there. It's a little bit like if I am a biologist, you know, and I'm in the bush and I'm studying whatever animal, you know, I don't want to go mess around with them. I just want to let them behave and notice, oh, that's what they do, they fight. Oh, they're not fighting, they're actually playing. Oh, they play until the sun comes down. Then they do, you know? So I stay around, I'm like, oh, it's really, it has a meanness, meanness? Oh. It has meanness in it. It's mean. This mind state is mean. You know, I stay aware. You know. And one aspect of what I'm describing in that uh, Dhamma Vichaya, Jill talked about this, the investigation of phenomena, <coughs> tried to point at it um, a couple of days ago. <coughs> Do you see that when I'm, we're doing this, it's not personal? Huh? I'm not like, oh my God, I'm mean. Oh my God, I'm so mean. You know, That would make everything so complex. The selfing in there is definitely a hindrance. You know, if it means something about me, we're in deep shit. Forget mindfulness. You know, it's going to be really hard. And so we're studying phenomena. Oh, there is meanness here. It's not I'm mean, you know. Oh, there's generosity here. I'm so generous. No, it's not like this. It's, oh, the mind opens up. It cares for the other. Oh, oh, it, suddenly there's integrity. And a little bit more quiet, and whoops, there's something that can speak that was not heard before. I should be like this. I should say yes. They ask me, I should say yes. And if I slow down a little bit, actually, no. It's not in this person. Do you see what I mean? So we can see, oh, integrity just arose, you know. So we're clarifying. Um, so the point I was making is it's not personal in this way. That's extremely healthy way to go about studying body, uh, Vedana, uh, mind states, you know, to, to discover the behavior of mind, heart, body outside of a view that is selfing, you know, that's just making everything more complex and confused. So we can leave this aside temporarily, you know, we're not disappearing, it's not about this, it's a little bit like, you know, one teacher was uh, saying, I think uh, Mingyur Rinpoche was saying, you know, when I talk about this in Buddhist terms, people get uneasy. If I talk about it in neurological terms, people are really at ease, you know. Oh, it's the fight and flight that kicks in. It's not you, it's your brain, you know. Okay, it's my brain, you know. <laughs> well, it's the same thing I'm saying here, you know. We're studying the behavior of, uh, the, you know, the, the human nature. You know? And so that's an extremely helpful point here. And you can see it, it can be applied anywhere, it's going to be helpful, you know. You know, you're 
you know, it's, you know, today I was um, first I chose the biggest cake and the tray. It, I was really lucky because it was the first one. <laughs> so if anyone was watching, I really looked like I was taking the first one, very humbly, simply. And it was the biggest. But then I, the problem I had was with the, um, this um, cloudy, um, you know, <laughs> don't pretend, <laughs> the whipped cream. You know, so with the whipped cream, oh my God, he's so superficial. With the whipped cream, suddenly I had the nitical problem. Because, you know, there's, it's hard to gauge, you know, what is a right portion for 42 people when you're the first one you know? and what's acceptable when you're going to walk by yogis and you're in a teacher role the equation is pretty complex so it takes a lot of mindfulness to get the most and so this could be taken really personally like oh my god you're so superficial you're so greedy it's like and it could also be taken different. Look at that. A human mind. Do I really care so much about... I don't even remember the name of this thing. Whip cream. You know, actually, right now, apparently, yes. You know, that's the nature of clinging. It seems like m my life depends on this momentarily, you know. And I know for you it's much more noble, <laughs> you know, uh, the way it shows up in your life. You know? uh, but, you know, taking it not personally is extremely helpful. Look at that. Minds, amazing. 20 years of practice. You know, overpowered by the powerless. Give it a bowl of, what is it again? Am I going to learn? Whip, whipped cream. Whipped cream. You know, give it a, you know, a powerless bowl of whipped cream, and this mind is overpowered. This description is a thousand five hundred years old. You know, overpowered by the powerless. For you, maybe it's not whipped cream, but it might be just a passing thought that crosses the mind, and suddenly, half a day of struggle, you know, with the thought against the thought you know, instead of just recognizing oh look at what rises or more poignant a mood an emotion you know that will grab us if the thought didn't you know partly because it seems like it's happening to me how can you even question that you know so in the practice we're bringing really, really close attention. And at some point in the development of practice, there's a... So in the mood, there is the sensations related to the mood, contraction, expansion, lightness, heaviness, you know, uh, anything else that you'll experience, you know, uh, tension or electricity, acidity, there's so much, many ways that emotions show moods, ambiance in the mind, perception, how it alters. You know, when I was grumpy, suddenly the lovely meditators, thank you so much everybody for creating these conditions to practice, suddenly in grumpiness, 
you're a bunch of annoying people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's the power of mind states. They will alter perceptions. And if we give into it, we will totally believe that, you know? I don't know if I can find this one. You know, hearing the hearing the it makes me think of selfing. You know, before when people didn't know better, they would say like, "Oh, the gods are angry." No, mm-hmm. oh, they're angry. You know, they would personify. You know, they would, and so. Here we do this with uh, meteorology, inner meteorology. And later, maybe we'll find it cute, you know. Later in our own practice or later when we're all awake, you know, whatever, we'll go like, oh, people used to make this very personal, you know. <laughs> they didn't know how things were caused in the same way that weather is caused by different conditions, you know, that they arise and pass, you know. They didn't know you know, to actually take care of meteorology, inwardly or outwardly. So this is, this would be the Buddha here. All experiences is preceded by mind, or mind states, if you want to hear this. Led by mind, by mind states. Made by mind, mind states. Speak or act with a corrupted mind and suffering with uh, suffering follows as the wagon wheel follows the hoof of the ox all experiences is preceded by mind led by mind made by mind mind states speak or act with a peaceful mind and happiness follows like a never-departing shadow. All experiences, so this is what I'm saying here, we perceive reality, it's not reality that we get to understand what reality is, is we're projecting on past, future, self, others, our mind states. It's preceded by mind states. It's the other way around, maybe, or at least really worth investigating this. Do you see how at least it could apply here or there? You know, it's not people who are like this. It's the mind that is like this right now and that creates the immediate world in which I am right now, you know? And so let's show this there as an hypothesis, as a element for research, you know? Here, as we're here today and in the next days, could I see this in action, you know, at some point, you know? Is the whipped cream really desirable, or is reality preceded by mind? Mind-making whipped cream, totally, ultimately satisfying, you know, in its confusion. Do you see what I mean? And suddenly I get to have it, and move out of my way, and I'm going to defend <coughs> my whipped cream, whatever, you know, dot, 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 replace it by whatever you want, you know? And so the mind states project on things. 
we've seen this, you know, we've projected satisfaction into many, many things, you know, to find out that, you know, this retreat, can't wait for this retreat to be over. (laughs) It appeared in a certain way and then it appears in a different way, you know. And knowing this is extremely freeing because we don't have to believe completely. We can attend, you know, maybe both inwardly and outwardly, you know, attend. Maybe relax. Oh, it's a passing way, you know, something. Maybe if I apply care and, uh, you know, bring a balanced mind in this, maybe it will alter the perception and a different understanding might arise, you know. And so where I was going with this is, so in the mind state there are maybe uh, sensations that we might recognize or maybe no. There might be a mood inside, there might be a way that things are perceived. The other is perceived as an enemy. That might be an indication of something going on inside. So it might be in the way of perception. And there's something happening in the middle of all this that is about the last thing on our radar, probably not even on our radar, but that in practice we bring right in the middle, we give value to, is the aspect of knowing all this. There's something that knows all this, that experiences the um, contraction, that experiences the mood, that experiences the thoughts. This, you know, has not many features in a way, huh? because the contraction as the feature of contraction, right? And unpleasantness as the features of being really unpleasant. It stands out. Of course we'll focus on this. And the fact that, you know, the future looks bleak is very compelling. So I'll focus on that. In the meantime... At the same time, while this is happening, there's something amazing happening. There's a knowing quality. There's something that is just revealing, reflecting. Sometimes it's presented as a mirror. It reflects. You know, it, it reflects, oh, look, painful. Oh, look, you know. The, when we use this image of the mirror, it's talking about the fact that the mirror, if it's, it uh, reflects uh, something that is ugly, you know, or dirt, it's not dirty, the mirror. It's reflecting this. So it's, in a way, untouched. And so there's this happening as we're sitting here, miserable, <laughs> if it happens to be like this. Uh, you know, there's something that is experiencing misery, that might not be miserable. And this is where the confusion could be. Because if this knowing, I mistakenly, naturally, conditionally, habitually, took as moi, then I might take very personal what's happening. But if I discover that it's a function of mine, knowing is a function of mine, It's not uh, me, but it's there. It might 
start to appear as a refuge. And in a way, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about mindfulness. We're saying, can there be something that just recognizes what is there, feels? It's not removed. It's inside. Another image that is used is water coming, maybe hitting a rock. You know, it's going to go all around the contour, really feel the thing. And if it's a sponge, it's going to go inside and feel. And so mindfulness in this way comes really, really close inside moods and inside pleasure or displeasure or boredom or freshness or staleness, whatever happens to. It goes inside and it reveals it, it experiences it. And maybe in there there's something we haven't had the chance to recognize because maybe different people talk about it differently. Maybe because subtle, maybe because having no color, no shape, no form. It just knows. And because it has no form, it can reveal either, you know, throbbing in the knee or sweetness or freshness. You know, that's that's because it doesn't have so many features. It can actually kind of take the form or reveal or go inside whatever image you want to use, you know. And so that quality of mind here we put at the center. We say, yes, there is all this turmoil, but there's a knowing of the turmoil. There's the sounds, but the hearing, the knowing of the sound. And so we can maybe here today um, make a link between mindfulness and this, you know, a highlighting of the the function of consciousness, of knowing. And in there, maybe we can find that we can be in the middle of things and, oh, there's a knowing that happens and kind of focus on that part of the experience not so much the unpleasantness, but the thing that encounters it. There's something that encounters it. The reactivity is something else, is an activity of mind. I don't like unpleasantness, because it can also be known, the reactivity. Do you see a little bit what I'm meaning? I'm kind of pointing out here in the best way that I can, then it's for us to go and see. You know, there is something, there is the sound of the rain, but there is something that knows it, that reveals it. We might say it's me, but it's also just a function of mind. We could present it this way, we can perceive it differently. And this knowing is not the rain, is not the sound. It reveals it. Do you see how it's kind of untouched? So we try with the rain, with the thunder, and then with the uneasiness. Well, we raise the bar a little bit. (laughs) Can uneasiness be known? You know? And then we discover, oh, the uneasiness can be known. If it's me who's uneasy and knowing the uneasiness and, you know, victim of the uneasiness or however it's kind of perceived, even if it's without words, you know, that's really uncomfortable, easiness. We don't want, we, of course we want to push right away. 
But if it's something that is known, an event that is known by the mind, it's a, there's uneasiness, it's an event, and it's known by the mind, neither of them are me. Then maybe something can relax inside and allow for knowing to happen, you know, for discomfort to be there, for beauty to be there. You know? If there's no me in the knowing of beauty, you know, there's just beauty and beauty being revealed, who's gonna cling? No one will cling. I wanna keep I wanna keep it. No. There's beauty and the knowing of beauty. Ah in a way this is uh, maybe my a little bit um, gauche way in my it's a way to talk about freedom but that's words so now I try to find something to end well might not succeed. <laughs> and a few uh, really powerful quotes here. Yeah. Here's the end of this. So, from the Buddha, whatever is not yours, abandon it, meaning maybe don't cling to it, don't try to possess it, appropriate it. So I'll start again here. Whatever is not yours, abandon it. What is it that is not yours? Material form, feeling, perceptions, formations, consciousness, these are not yours. When you have abandoned them, that will lead to your welfare and happiness for a long time. So let's take just a moment here. Allowing the form to totally be there and be known. The form. Experienced through pressure. Expansions, contractions. Dryness or wetness. Freshness or warmth. This belongs to the universe.
see if we can at least for a moment not possess this, not, not appropriate these passing sensations, allow them to be there. And if uh, your eyes are closed and there is an image of the room or of the body there, allow that perception, that mirage, to be there fully, be known, but don't make it you, yours. It's just something that happens naturally, kind of perception of the uh, environment. And if this experience uh, here is pleasant or unpleasant, any reason, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant, see if you can allow this experience of pleasantness to exist as many things appear and disappear in the world and can be known. Sound of cars or birds and feeling tones. And these arise to be present and change without grasping, appropriating, making mine. Could even the knowing of the breath the light be an event truly happening the knowing of a thought or a mood an ambiance maybe it's quiet in there or confused tender or numb or shut down light could that state of mind or mood just be allowed to pass like the rain the sounds of the rain or thunder is allowed to exist for a moment and not be appropriated identified with. (coughs) May we find great freedom. May there be great freedom the middle of all the arisings and passings. May they lead to care and joy and compassion and peace.
Okay, thank you so much for considering uh, these uh, thoughts. I hope something in there is helpful. As a community, I would like to uh, remind us that um, um, we, um, we were invited, I think we kind of, um, we, uh, we were invited and we, um, uh, sometimes the words in English lack, we were invited and we uh, agreed maybe to uh, use, uh, let go of the use of scent and the products that we use for maybe skin care or hair care or, you know, uh, things like this. So I would like uh, to invite you to take a second look at what you're using and uh, really practice uh, renunciation. It might be unpleasant for you to let go of something because you're not sure if it has sense or or you really are attached to using it daily. But take a, personally, each one of us, let's take a second look at what uh, our behavior during the day and the products we use. And is there something we could let go in order to create more ease and safety in the room? Uh, and that might not be our personal experience that we're um, uh, touched by smell like this. We might not smell or find it lovely or not be bothered by it. Some of us... Uh, will feel a neurological impact, maybe, or breathing, uh, respiratory impact uh, with these, uh, some of these chemicals. And some are natural, they're essential oils, and that might have the same effect. So kind of, uh, again, in- inviting us to really bring mindfulness to this, care, and uh, go out of our way, you know, uh, in a way, and not fall into kind of paranoia and guilt tripping and you know not this but skillfully look at what could be let go of that could be useful for someone else (coughs) okay thank you very much for attending to this a bon appetite (laughs) thank you for listening To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.